0: This is the Strings holding it down on the bass, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your favorite host, DJ Rome. We on KCWGTheTruth.com, best internet radio station on the planet, no doubt. All right? From all the way from Oaktown. <laughs>
1: Right. this is KCWG, thetruth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome, and once again, I'd like to thank Mrs. Sukari Reglin for stopping by this evening. And later on, we're going to have the amazing commentator, Mr. Steve Kim from ESPN, joining us in just a little bit. But on the line right now, we have two amazing guests right now to help us have a discussion about today's modern relationships. One of our guests has been here before, so let me welcome her in first. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, licensed marriage and family therapist, Ms. Nicole Ward. Ms. Ward, are you there?
2: I'm here. Hello, everyone.
1: Hey, welcome back, Nicole. It's been a minute. And we got some company this time, Nicole. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome this guest for the very first time. California native, I believe, but I think currently stationed on the other side of the country in Georgia. But she's here to join us tonight. Uh, She's a clinical psychotherapist. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the very first time to Psychotic Bump School, Dr. Dina Scott. Dr. Scott, are you there?
3: I am here, and you are correct. California native, and I'm in Atlanta, Georgia.
1: Oh man! All right, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Which one do you like more? Come on, come on, California, Georgia. I Which mean, one is? California, it? Come on,
3: come on. Atlanta, all day, Atlanta. all
1: day, right? Wonderful, <laughs> beautiful, but I'm, you
3: know, California, you know, born, Bay Area,
1: all the way. That's right. All day, every day. Well, oh, I am dear. so glad to have you both on the line. Incidentally, I know you two know each other, so uh, I know we're gonna have a nice, robust conversation. So. I wanted to have a conversation about modern contemporary relationships, and there are so many places we could dive in just to have a a, a cursory discussion on this. So let's start with uh, Dina Scott. Dr. Scott, uh, what have you seen in your line of work out there, particularly practicing in the southern region of our country, common issues that you see as recurring themes, recurring in our modern relationships right now? What's been your experience out there in the south of the country?
3: Sure. I mean, I feel like, you know, it's interesting because sometimes people do make a distinction between the South and thinking about, you know, um, the West and California. I personally don't feel like there are that many just glaring differences between both. Um, I think what's interesting is that. I think Atlanta also is its own microcosm of the South, (laughs) so it's its own unique um, population. But I think in general, when it comes to relationships and some of the, the, I think, things that you and I talked a little bit about is looking at identity and, and folks having a really challenging time sometimes when it comes to coming into the relationship with their full self. So at time, we come and we enter with part of ourselves, with who we want to present as ourselves, but not necessarily full self, and that leads to some complications further along the line.
1: Mm, they're representative, as Chris Rock said. I guess yes. he wasn't exaggerating,
2: huh? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> wow.
1: How about that? Now, Nicole Ward practices in um, Los Angeles, close To uh, the Hollywood region. So uh, Ms. Ward, what have you seen in your line of work in terms of common relationships? What are the things that you constantly see emerging each and every day?
2: Uh, Very similar to what Dina was mentioning, it's just people needing to be their authentic self, wanting to interact in an authentic way and not necessarily being sure of or even trusting if they can. Um, and just having just the communication that doesn't always occur and even defining what they want or what they're actually engaging in um, becomes difficult because there those representatives do show up, uh, or okay. half of a person, because that's one of the myths that we are kind of um, told is two halves coming together to form one whole, but you want to have two wholes forming a like a super dynamic.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, at the risk of proposing the dating Olympics, because I I don't want to pit one against the other, but in your experiences, uh, who has a more tougher road to sled? Is it women or is it men when it comes to finding someone that is of compatible uh, merit? Uh, Who has it harder, women or men?
3: I think that's a very complex and complicated In, question. Yes, <laughs> I don't believe that mm-hmm. there's necessarily one definitive answer there. I think that both, right. um, you know, male, female, or those maybe non-gender, you know, binary, um, we all have um, some different levels of challenges when it comes to finding a partner. I think the the challenges may look different, and they may feel different, and they may come out differently. But I would say no one is is immune, and no
0: one's always winning on top when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's not
2: a matter of whose journey is harder. It's a matter of what the differences are and how they're able to handle those things.
1: Right. Well, I tell you, one of the things that I was talking to you all about off the air was how someone like Kamala Harris, who, as everyone knows, she's running for president right now, and there was some discussion about her in, you know, number one, is she quote-unquote black enough, but just in terms of staving off marriage in preference for pursuing a career, and you two are very successful women, so I'm assuming that it's not uncommon for women to have to really, I don't know, they, they they have to really check their aspirations in terms of making sure that they have someone that is compatible. And that that's a very subjective term, compatibility, Right. because right. women naturally, and, you know, let me just hone in, black women in particular are very aspirational in our community. And I, I just wonder about the, the dynamics facing them in terms of being able to find someone that has been as... Um, ambitious as they. Uh, What have been your experience with potential sort of, quote-unquote, ambition deficits in relationships? Uh, Nicole Ward, um, to what degree have you heard about any ambition deficits in relationships between black men and black women? And then I want to hear from Dr. Dina Scott on that.
2: Sure. Actually, the ambition deficit is not something that has come up as frequently as people may think. That it, it might. Uh, that's something that it it does boil down, again, to individual preference. And then, I mean, I don't know Kamala Harris, but I know that uh, just from some of the stuff that she read, it wasn't necessarily that she put things off. It's that she – this is just the time that she got married, is at, at this age. Uh, so right. for a lot of people, that's kind of the, the myth that's there, is that they – due to ambition that they must not want a relationship and that's not accurate um they've right. been able to navigate in different spaces maybe um and for those that don't want a relationship there's actually nothing wrong with that but for those that do uh, it's not necessarily a matter of an ambition deficit per se but more of um, again it goes back to the authenticity like can they be their authentic selves and is there a person out there that's willing to match that regardless uh, now some people do want to be um, say matched on education level but that again is an individual preference because that, just, that doesn't necessarily mean that the relationships gonna work out just because right. you are matched in the same level of ambition or oh. stuff like that because you'd be surprised some other things can crop up that might impede the relationship.
1: Like, like what, for so. example? I'm coming to Dr. Dina Scott in just a second, but you hit something really important because on paper people can look real cool, right? But what are some yeah, of the things right. like you know, <laughs> reading between the lines that kind of get lost in the sort of the infatuation of what's on paper?
2: Well, that's just it. If you're just looking at what's on paper, and you're not really looking at how the person is actually moving through their lives, is it just leading Mm -hmm. with that paper and being able to say, this is what I have to offer, so take it or leave it in how I treat you? Like, I'm going to talk to you in a disrespectful way, or I'm going to ignore you, or, I mean, in some Mm -hmm. cases, be aggressive. And where it's, that's, those levels are way more important than whether or not people's ambition um, matches. And if somebody's trying to curb ambition, it's not so much about the ambition. That's the level of control that um, mm. is going to show up in other areas, even like something as simple as people wanting to go see their friends. So that's, that's mm-hmm. where I'm seeing it can show up in other areas that are more important regardless of whether or not you're matched on paper. Absolutely. Okay, Dr. Dina Scott, what are your thoughts on that?
3: Sure. I mean, I I fully agree, and I'm right there with um, what Nicole said. I also feel like, you know, it goes to what we were speaking about earlier in terms of thinking about authentic self and also identity. I think at times there are often um, things that we feel like we should be doing or people we feel like we should be seeing or with or times that we put limits on in terms of I need to do this by this, you know, age or by this, you know, um, time in my life. And I think more than anything, um, we need to really be looking at what it is that we feel is going to fulfill us. And sometimes if it's about others and what's going to fulfill them, whether that's society or our families or maybe even our jobs or careers, because some feel pressure even in that area, I think sometimes that makes it it a challenge. I think when it comes to ambition, um, it's interesting, because I feel like I know personally and professionally a lot of, you know, very ambitious men and women. Um, I think both um, have – certain desires when it comes to dating and all those desires don't necessarily match and they don't always align um, however I think mm. again the the kind of overall pressure that that folks feel often is that they need to to do or be or look like and I think when you when you add in social media Letters. and different things where people are seeing what they feel they should be attaining or reaching that also brings a, a challenge to some folks when you're Identity isn't necessarily um, as secure. Um, So I feel like more than anything um, If folks are able to be really secure in themselves, so if I'm, you know, let's say, you know Mrs. Harris where I'm feeling like hey, you know, I you know I'm waiting or maybe I didn't wait like Nicole said maybe she just at this time of life She found you know her person um, allowing that to, to be that person's journey Versing, versus right. defining it, because I think oftentimes we we label it as, oh, you know, what's wrong with that person if, if maybe later right. on in life they decide that they want to or they don't decide they want to, or maybe even some folks earlier on, you know, decide they want to, to get married, and so instead of us bringing what we think, um, allowing people to, to define their journey and right. for folks to be authentic with
1: that. Exactly. You know, you, right. you think about now. something. Nicole, Nicole, I'm going to come to you in a second, but Dr. Scott, how about this? What if you're trying to be secure in yourself, <laughs> but you have some, let's say, some really concerned parents or family members or grandparents who, back in their time, it was a different time in which people uh, experienced another level of courtship. Maybe it was okay. a, a different time period for people to come together, and they see younger generations as... Uh, if you're not paired up with someone, uh, there is some pressure that comes down generationally upon those that are trying to find themselves, but yet they they don't really want to settle. Uh, what's been your experience with that? And then I want to hear from Nicole on that as well. The, the family pressure, sure, uh, sure. I what mean, role does that there, play? The,
3: sure, no problem. There definitely can be some some tensions there. There can be some, you know, conflict that could develop, and there also could be some really healthy conversations that happen between, you know, family members of different generations or different thought processes. Um, I think the healthy conversations are really talking about what what is it about your journey, right? So, you know, there might be certain folks in, you know, our families, um, and especially, let's say, thinking about you know, an old school African-American family to where it does feel or it seems like, hey, you know, by, you know, a certain age, um, mm-hmm. I was married or I started having children. So those conversations could come up. Um, however, I think more than anything, folks being able to, to say what is it in their journey that's maybe um, making the process look a little different. Um, because I think right. that's where the conversation really gets Good because there's some there's sometimes where the journey is is challenged because there are certain things that we need to maybe work on as individuals. There are certain things um, in terms of you know maybe our our choice in um, potential partners isn't maybe the healthiest or maybe it's that you know mm. we are focused on maybe career or maybe there's just certain things that we want to do in life in general to where that right. doesn't feel like it's the top priority. And so I think just getting to what the root is in talking about that and having those conversations, which I think yes. that's part of the challenge is that we don't have enough real conversations with folks, um, yeah. even if they might be challenging. Um, I think having mm-hmm. those conversations is really, you know, helpful. It doesn't mean that people are always going to understand or get it, um, but I think sure. it, it's part of the, the ability to kind of get to that next step of understanding mm-hmm. um, and hopefully eventually get there.
0: Right.
1: Well, Nicole, Doctor Scott really lands on something really interesting. It 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 is good to have those conversations, but it's also frustrating (laughs) because for me, you know, I married (laughs) I married I married quote unquote late. You know, I'm a newlywed. and so for me, what was always frustrating to have this kind of conversation was when I would try to talk to people who who had already found somebody. It's like, how did you do it? Like, what what did you do? Where did you go? What did you say? what were you wearing, <laughs>
0: how'd you style your hair that day, <laughs> and nobody
1: nobody would have a clear-cut answer. So what are your thoughts on what Dina was talking about just then, just in terms of, you know, just the, the interaction with family members and how hard it is to have these conversations? What are your thoughts on that, Nicole?
2: It, it is. Those conversations are difficult because it, it can pull out identity again because maybe some of the other things are the person's not necessarily – um conforming to what the tradition of the family is. So maybe they're non monogamous and or they oh. also might not the the family might not be accepting of any hetero non heteronormative type relationships. So there's that level. But being oh, also yeah. to kinda like Dina said, with the conversation being real for it to be a back and forth and for the person that is kinda on the hot seat so to speak to um not so much put the hot seat back to the person, but to exercise some but empathy do, and curiosity <laughs> and even ask, you know, what about this is concerning for you? Because ultimately right. the the loved one is expressing some level of concern that's, or, mm-hmm. or even discomfort that's coming up for them. So either they they mm. could be worried like, oh... Um, Some parents are worried that they're going to pass away and not get to see their grandchildren or get to see their child married or they're concerned that the person's never going to find love. But this is their concern and what they're uncomfortable with. And so being able to get at what the actual feeling is. Is a deeper level conversation instead of staying on the superficial level of just talking about behavior, like, hey, you're not in a relationship. And then the child coming back with, oh, well, you know, I don't want to be in a relationship. But it's all the behavior based instead of saying, you know, mom, dad, or grandma, grandpa, what's concerning about this for you? You know, why, you know, what's going on for you about this? It seems like it's upsetting you. Even some kind Mm. of reflection back to see, um, to take the conversation to a deeper level.
1: Right. Man, I wish I had somebody like you around when I was answering those questions. Like, hey, why are you still single? (laughs) I I had no no response. It's like, I I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. But that's actually a perfect response. So let me flip it a little bit. Let me flip it. So how do you, what would you ladies recommend for someone who has no issue with being single? I mean, being single is actually fun if you know how to live your life and you have your own goals, you have your own ambition, and you're not really tripping or stressing about, you know, what's coming down the line because you have so much on your plate right now. So what would you two ladies recommend to men and women if they just want to enjoy being single and, you know, some some thoughts and ideas about how they can just be okay with that? Let's go to Dina Scott on that and then swing back to Nicole Ward.
3: Sure. I mean, I think first and foremost, Enjoy being single. I mean, I think more than anything, the challenges that people stop enjoying because they, again, feel like this is not something that, that is the norm. So I think people should keep living their life and, you know, doing what they need to do to fulfill what it feels like is right for them. I think also um, it is about, you know, kind of self-discovery along the way. And so you may, for this time period, feel like you don't want to be single or maybe you do want to be single and allowing yourself to be able to go through that journey. I mean, I think sometimes things are fixed to where maybe we feel like we – always need to be in a relationship. Sometimes we might feel like we don't need to be in a relationship, and sometimes things like Wayne Wayne and Weed, and we need to be able to be okay and give ourselves permission um, for that because I think oftentimes we're so hard on ourselves at times because we feel like we should be one way. Um, I know that there was recently a lot of conversation about um, some celebrities talking, um, female celebrities, and people kind of talking to them about making the choice to not have children, and how that's a very challenging conversation for some folks, and I think, again, being able to have the conversation and be okay with it, and also, like Nicole was saying, being able to understand where other folks' stuff is coming from, because their stuff Mm. is their stuff. It doesn't mean you need to own it, it doesn't mean that you need to make it yours, Um, you need to allow that
1: to be their stuff and keep going on with your journey. Wow, and that's I agree, Dean. That, that was such good insight, uh, Nicole Ward. Uh, what can you follow up with that, with uh, Nicole Ward?
2: Just echoing it, stand in your truth and enjoy the journey. And so, with that being said, there's many little stopping points of joint, uh, along that journey. You're not always going to necessarily be in a relationship. You didn't come here in a in a romantic relationship, and so it's just being able to figure out what it is that you want. If you enjoy being single, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have commitment issues or that there's something wrong with you. That's for you to develop that awareness and insight and not have someone else telling you what's wrong with you. And if you're Mm -hmm. honest with yourself, you will, you know, I just like being single, that's fine. But if you know oh, that I don't want to be committed, you can look at that deeper, but you don't have to necessarily delve each step of the way into this deep level, it's okay to be shallow sometimes and mm. just figure out what you need in that moment as long as you're standing wow. in your truth. Because that's where, honestly, the symptoms, the distress, and everything else arises is when you're trying to live your life for someone else.
0: Ooh. Right.
2: Wow. And
3: I mean, just to add like, on to what Nicole said, I also yeah. think it's important for the journey to be about finding your kind of what is your kind of good sense of being you? Because I think sometimes we identify yeah. some things as responsible, like, oh, if I'm in a relationship, I'm responsible. If you're single, you're irresponsible. If you're married, you are this and that. And there's not any one way of being
2: like, because you have right. a title
3: of a relationship <laughs> or a certain category. So if you want to be a good human being, if you want to be responsible, if you mm. want to be you know, a go. if you want to be all these things, you could do that being single, being married, and if you want to be irresponsible, if you want to be all of these other things, you can do that being single, being married, and being all these things, too, and so for That's folks right. not to put folks in a box um,
2: based right. on um, this relationship title. There you
0: go. Exactly. There it is go. the
2: human that makes the role, not the role that makes the human. Yes.
1: <laughs> I hope, ladies and gentlemen, I hope y'all have your uh, notepads out, because... Dr. Dina Scott and Nicole Ward are dropping some serious jewels on us. So, wow, that's some great stuff. Uh, We're almost out of time here. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is KCWG, thetruth.com. This program is called Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. We're joined by licensed marriage and family therapist Nicole Ward, as well as clinical psychotherapist Dr. Dina Scott talking to us about modern relationships. Well, we're definitely going to have have you all back to continue this discussion. And um, Dr. Dina Scott just said, don't. Put Yourself in a Box, and the Cold War was talking about just standing your truth. And I'll just close with this because I'm a big uh, Avengers and um, Infinity War and Captain Marvel fan. in the Captain Marvel movie. (laughs) In the Captain Marvel movie. Right? So she was being trained the whole movie to sort of limit her powers and not show the true range of her ability. And then at the the final climactic moment where she, you know, went at her... um, her person that, you know, was turned out to be her rival. He was training her at first, but he turned out to be her rival. And he said, well, fight me hand-to-hand, combat, because he knew he could beat her like that. But she was way more powerful than him, and the whole movie he was trying to contain her power and trying to force her to limit her, her ability. And so instead of going hand-to-hand, she just hit him with a laser blast. And then she said, look, I don't have to prove anything to you. So if nothing else, my takeaway from this is like, you don't have any explaining to do, no matter what your situation is. Just be true to yourself. Don't allow someone else's angst. Be your angst. And if there's going to be a box, you draw your own box, you know what I'm saying, and put your check mark in your own box that you create in your own liking. That's what I just got from y'all. So um, I don't know if that's what y'all said, but that's my takeaway. Uh, what's the best way <laughs> <Amen>. for <laughs> people to uh, no, get in is, touch with is, you? You <laughs>
2: got it right on the, that was a great <laughs> summary.
1: Oh, <laughs> man, awesome thank you. Summary. Thank you. I mean, this this has been really insightful. What's the best way for uh, people to reach out to y'all, keep in touch? We're going to have to have y'all back so we can uh, expand this conversation. Nicole Ward, what's the best way for people to find you, as well as Dr. Dina Scott?
2: Uh, sure. It's www.nicolemwardlmft.com or Nicole12 on all of social media, so Twitter, um, Facebook, and Instagram.
1: Absolutely. And if you're not careful, ladies and gentlemen, you might find Nicole Ward on any social media article out there. I was finding your work on all kind of uh, articles <laughs> out there. So uh, Nicole Ward is is being well studied. Thank you so much for being back with us, Nicole Ward. And how about Dr. Dina Scott?
3: Sure. So I am not on social media, um, however, I I will be. Um, but you can look me up on Psychology Today and um, look up my go. full name. It's Dina D E N A um, Scott S C O T T.
1: Yes. And you know why that's so wonderful? Because there's so many resources there. Not to limit the impact that Dr. Dina Scott can have on you if you are fortunate enough to reach out to her. But I encourage you to look for Dr. Dina Scott. But social media is sometimes overrated. And Psychology Today okay. is actually a wonderful loaded resource in order to access some professionals such as Dr. Dina Scott as well as Nicole Ward. So thank you, ladies. Thank you both. For you being are there.
2: welcome. I'll
1: thank definitely you. Keep in touch. And we will do this again real soon if you guys are okay with it, okay?
0: All yeah, right. Sounds good. Sounds good. good.